Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with yous, the utterly, undeniably unique Mary Abijay. Hey, Chris DeSantis. That was really good. You know, it's really funny. I'm looking at my little notes here, and uh, I, I have S-T-V-W. Somehow, oh no, oh wait, I have used, I was wrong, um, the Urbane, oh, wait a minute. Uh, everybody, this is Mary Abijay, utterly <laughs> unique and utterly unprepared. Uh, and I'd like to introduce to you my co-host, the Urbane, the Unshakable, and the Utterly Fabulous, Chris DeSantis. Look at that. I had my use. And I didn't even realize it. I know. And we both use utterly, utterly. utterly. Well, because we're cheaters. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, utterly is good, though. It fits. It's a nice word. You know, it's funny. I was speaking uh, at a conference uh, the other day, and it was for uh, the U.S. federal court system. And one of the attendants like ran up to me, attendants, participants, ran up to me and said, oh, my God, I'm your biggest, I'm your biggest podcast fan. He's like, I love how you and your partner introduce yourselves. And then he proceeded to introduce himself to me using three adjectives of the same letter. It was it was hilarious. Now that's fun. I'd love Isn't that to be fun? recognized. I was, right. I was like, oh my God. That wow. was so sweet. Yeah. It's always amazing to me when I get to meet one of our 12 listeners. I always well, get man, very you're excited. too shy. We have more than 12. We are we are we have, we have double, triple, quadruple that some days. Yeah, we might even have like we might have in the twenties now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do listen to it more than once. <laughs> I wonder if it counts. Like if I go download, 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 if I it keeps know how coming. that works. Yeah. I, so Chris, you sound yes. a little like Coldy. Yes, I sound like a cheap lounge act. <laughs> Jesus, it's like I'm on three packs a day here. So no, I have I, I got a chest cold and I just I haven't had a cold in three years and you know because of the pandemic and now I finally get one and I've got this sort of horsey quality to it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like who, like now you get a cold, of course, and I, when I had a cold earlier this year and it was just like, oh my God, it's the COVID. I'm going to die this time on the COVID, but it's, you know, you're not used to getting sick anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. There was an advantage to being alone and isolated and then in the dark for two years. Yeah, right. I know. I stayed healthy. <laughs> and you just got back from big old reunion. I did. I had my 50th high school reunion and it was, uh, Actually, half the class showed up. So, of course, we only had about 112 of us, but it was a nice event. They were, uh, they were, I was noticing that we got older. I noticed huh. we got old. I that was so sucks. glad that they had pictures and names on our name tags. Right. You know, because, because then I could, once I saw the, the face, uh -huh. I knew the person because the, the name tag had the name too small and you didn't want to squint. Oh, so they had pictures of what you look like in high school. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Now, I would have needed the name tags literally within two years of graduating because I can never remember people's names or, quite frankly, their faces. Well, so the, how did you, how ahead, did you look compared to everybody else? Well, I was, I was, uh, I was, I'd say I was in the top 10%. <laughs> no, they were, again, we all have aged differently. Some people looked pretty good though. And other people just thought, wow, wow, we're old. We're old. Well, what I remember when I went to the last time I went to a high school reunion, which I want to say was like my 25th, um, the women looked fabulous. It was the men, not so much. Yeah, no, this was spread across evenly. I think, uh, everyone's sort of, uh, 
look as well. There was a lot less hair among the yeah. men. Let me just say that. There was a lot less of that. So, uh, well, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that you weren't feeling well for it, but I'm glad that you went. It's, that yeah, it was important. nice to see them all. And again, it was a very, in fact, one of the nuns who was in my class, not in my class, but was one of the teachers, was actually there as well. She'd been teaching for 54 years at the same school. Does that mean when she was teaching, she wasn't that old? No. No, no. Or is she 100 years old? She seems, I didn't ask her her age, but let's just say she, she wasn't young when, she, when I had her as a nun. Well, if it was a 50th anniversary, if she was 30, she'd be in her 80s now. I could see that. So maybe she was a younger person, but like we all think when we're young, we think people in their 30s are old. Yeah, no, point. and that's, I think that's conceivable at the time. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me because she, she, I'd, I'd easily say that she's in her 80s. I'm sure she's not one of our listeners, but I, I think she's in her 80s. Well, anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, yeah, this one's good. This one, um, uh, uh, these questions came together through, because uh, I sort of like, okay, up, down, and across. And so what this is about is people that either move up, move across, or move down in their jobs. And that's what Ooh. these questions all engage. I thought they were a kind of a nice mix for a change here. I like that. A little career mobility. Exactly. Because not. not everybody wants the same thing. So That's right. Oh, I love it. I can't wait. Are, are they, you ready for they, this? Are they going to be easy questions? Because I'm kind of in the mood for easy. <clears throat> well, let me look. Uh, I don't know. I think the way... You're so informed. They'll be easy for you. They'll be oh, easy for you. That's what I'm looking for. Because yeah. it's not too late for me to call my good old friend, chat GPT, to like help me out here. But I'm oh, going yeah, yeah, right. to try to do it without the help of artificial intelligence. I'm yes. just going to use my lack of intelligence. Uh, listeners, uh, if you're new to the program, we did two shows on this and we both challenged ChatGBT. I was, I won two out of three. Mary won three for three. That's right. So Those computers ain't got nothing on me. Yeah, so we smart. We smart. Okay, you ready? Smarty I'm ready. Pants? Let's do it, do it, do it. Dear Mary and Chris, I have been listening to your show, and I know Mary knows a lot about managing a boss's expectations, and so I'd like to know how to convince my boss not to promote me. I'm in sales for a national jewelry chain, and our regional head wants to move me from counter sales to store management. It pays less since it's salary only, plus now I get commissions. Also, I have no interest in managing people. I like selling. I'm good at it. And I'm afraid if I say no, she'll promote, let's call him Marty, who was a real dick to me. I blew him off when he hit on me a few years ago, and he's been nasty ever since. If he gets the promo, I get the boot. I like this store. I know the customers, and they know me. How do I keep my job and not have to deal with the likes of Marty? Signed, All That Sparkles Is Not Gold in Virginia. Oh, good. Ooh, I like this one. It's I like interesting. That too. Now, I think what I understood by the salary thing and that, a little tricky. Go ahead. Yeah, I think she, the manager gets a salary only, but she gets commissions, so she Wait, gets so a I, salary. I'm, I'm assuming what you're saying is when she becomes a manager, she no longer gets commissions. Exactly. Okay, got but it. But she gets paid less on a salary, I think, um, as a salesperson. But the commissions take her over that. 
Got it. Yeah, that's yeah, what that that's why I was assuming. So thank you for clarifying that because that's what I was going to ask. Uh, so, you know, this is uh, interesting and a bit tricky. Yeah, uh, First really. of all, what I want to say to her, uh, all the sparkles, is good for you about being honest about not wanting to manage people. Like, how many times do we go into organizations uh, and have to deal with managers who don't want to manage people? And that just everything up. So good for you. Um, I don't see, so I have a couple of options. You know, I don't see how she can turn down the job and then dictate who the uh, manager promotes right. or promotes. Because I don't think that's a good look. Like, I don't want the job, but if you hire Marty, I'm Audi 5,000. Like, I'm not going to recommend that. But I have a couple of other thoughts. And I do think if she doesn't want the job, she should turn it down. Uh, but here's my, here are some of the options I, I thought of for all that sparkles. One, Go ahead and turn down the job and be honest about your reasons, you know, and keep those reasons positive. Uh, I love sales and I love the store. Uh, however, sales is really where I want to be. It's where I'm comfortable. It's where I'm really good at. And it would be, I think, a disservice to put me uh, into manager. But you know who would make a good manager? Chris would make a great manager. Oh, so yeah. like turn down the job saying how much you love the store, you appreciate the opportunity, and then direct her to someone else that you honestly think would be a good manager. That's not Marty. Uh, so that's option one. Uh, option two is just turn down the job and let the chips fall where they may. Just say, you know what? I'm sorry, but I am unable to take on that role <laughs> as manager. Uh, you know, uh, and let the chips fall where they may. If they promote Marty, then you know you can always let Marty get the job and then sue him for sexual harassment or something like that. <laughs> like you know, right? Um, the other thing you could do, uh, and just knowing that as a good salesperson in retail, you always be able to find a good job. So you do have some job security with your with your um with your skill set. Uh, you could, another option, option three would be to accept the job and just be miserable or accept the job and give it good old college try. Maybe you will like it. Or, and this I think is my favorite option, see if you can't negotiate the job. Like find some middle ground where you're taking on some management roles, but you keep a healthy part of your job with a hand in the sales. I'm guessing that as uh, if you're, if it's a jewelry store, you are still going to have to do some sales. So if you could say, I'll take on these management duties. However, I need to keep a part of sales under me because I enjoy doing sales. And by the way, I still want my commissions. That might be a, a nice, healthy balance. And you could do this as a trial run. Say, let me try this on for six months. Uh, let me see if I like it. Let me keep some sales and do some management and see how that works. So those were my ideas. Uh, take the job, don't take the job, negotiate the job, or sue Marty for sexual harassment. <laughs> I thought your answers are great. In fact, you've taken me down a very different path because I'm oh, listening to you going, okay, all of those are great. In fact, they're better than what I had originally thought. But now that I'm thinking about it, what triggered for me was, and uh, not triggered in the sense that it was negative, but rather, hey, 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 what's her name? Uh, Sparkles. Hey, Sparkles. Sparkles here. Look, you you are not thinking broadly enough about this. It's a national sales chain, national, and you love sales. Well, why don't you look at not just your boss's, the, the manager's job, mm. go beyond your boss's job and go right up the food chain in here and say, what are the opportunities for you? You are a sales pro. And wouldn't that be nice if you could sort of move up through the organization and leverage that gift? Meaning that, look, mm. if it's a national chain, you want to open more franchises, who's better, who's better in charge of that than somebody who's really good at selling the whole idea of the store? I think that's an option. So before you leave, think about your possible future 
And the possible future is stepping above the store manager into the larger role of, a, of what you could do. Another thing, you also alluded to in here, uh, the customers know you. And I think that's important. Jewelry is jewelry. They're buying it because they trust you. A diamond is a diamond everywhere. But it's the person who says, this is the one for you that convinces them. So I think what you've got to do, and I think Mary alluded to this already, is before you sit down and meet, see what you're worth in the marketplace. Yeah. Because go around to the other stores and say, what is this? How do, you, how do you structure yourselves? What are my options? And then you can go back and say, okay, I understand this. If I don't want this job, I don't want to move up. I don't want to work for Marty. Tell me when you are, tell me who you're going to put in place because I need to know, uh, A, uh, who that's going to be. And if it is somebody that I, I don't think I can go along with, I need to know what is the right thing to tell you in terms of when I should give you notice. I really like that a lot, Chris. I really like that. It's a way to like throw Marty under the bus without throwing him under the exactly. bus. Exactly, because you don't have to say anything. I just need to know who that is because that's important to me. Yeah. And this lets them sit and say, what's that about? Well, and this goes back, then I tie back to what Mary said because I thought that was really brilliant is, well, because uh, in the store, I'll tell you who I would I will I will die for it is Mary. She would make the best manager. Yeah. But I have had experience with others that do not meet the caliber of that. So yeah. anyway, so lay it out that way. I like that. And you know, it's I think in with the your last option which I love. I, mean, I liked all your options. Uh the last one is then isn't when and if the um if the current manager says, well, what is it about Marty? I think you absolutely could say, listen, you know, the truth is he asked me out, I turned him down and he has been retaliating me ever since. Cause I think the manager needs to know that about Marty. Yeah, I think, but I don't think you should volunteer it. Cause then it sounds exactly. like you seem to say, I think they should drive, you know, like drag it out of you, drag it out of you. Yeah. Drag we, yeah it out of you. I like that. Yeah. Um, that yeah. sounds great. Oh my gosh. Like we were so efficient with sparkles. Well, you know what I loved about this one is you triggered and trigger. I don't know why I don't use keep saying trigger. But you, you, you ignited in me these sort of like, oh yeah, these are all great, and you know I hadn't thought about it, this other thing. It's because you're ambitious and I am not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm no, joking. No. That was great. That was but you excellent. know what I really liked? I did really. I, I think I started with this. I really liked that sparkles. Um, even though I think uh, sparkles, I don't know if sparkles uh, must be a woman because Marty. Well, I'm assuming it was. Uh, yeah, Marty. Sparkles is a woman. Yeah. Um, uh, I like that Sparkles knows what makes her happy right now. Right. And because my first instinct was more like yours, like, what's wrong with you? What do you mean you don't want to move up? This is a great opportunity. Right. But then I had to pull myself back and think, well, you know what? Maybe uh, Sparkles is really happy with this. Like, maybe this is what makes her, he, or they uh, really, really happy. So that's when I brought it back down a little bit. But well, I that, do agree with you. Yeah, she, and I think this is a great opportunity. I wouldn't turn it down. But as you were talking, I realized, hey, selling is not just there. You could yeah. sell. That's the trait is what you anywhere. carry with you. You carry yeah. it with you. You carry it up the, the food chain. So, yeah. oh, Sparkles, Sparkles. Oh, Sparkles. Sparkle on, Sparkles, <laughs> Sparkle on. <laughs> All right, that was good. Hey, you ready for another one? I am so ready. Cubicle Confidential is a fun podcast, and I've got a doozy of a question. I'm 62, and I manage a lumberyard here in Missouri. The owner is 79 years old and in failing health. He asked me if I would run the place. 
He started the biz almost 60 years ago from the back of a pickup. I love this guy, but I want to retire myself in three years. I do not see myself taking on all the additional headaches of running the whole organization just to leave it in three years. He's the only person I've ever worked for. I love this guy. Should I come clean and tell him I don't want the job, which could break his heart, or do I take the job until he passes? Signed, Lumbering Along in Jeff City. Mm. Jeff City. Oh, that's the capital. Jefferson Jeff- City. Jefferson City, I'm guessing. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's nice. This is a nice question. This is really nice. So I do think that you need to have an on- honest conversation with this, both in terms of with yourself and with this other person. Um, and I think there's a big difference. So I have a couple of thoughts here. There, um, They're going to all converge into one. So one of my thinking, one, one part of my thinking is, I love that you feel so loyal to this guy and that you love him and that your heart says like it's breaking your heart in some ways to say no to him. But I also know you've got to balance what you want for your life uh, and his retirement. So um, I got a couple of things I need to say about this before I give my uh, my ideas. One is there's I really want to know a couple of things. One, how sick is he? <laughs> yeah, it does sound it doesn't it sounds bad, right? Yeah. And before he passes. Yeah. And how soon is he going to die? And most importantly, who's going to inherit this business? Mm. So one of the things I would be considering about we uh, thinking about is who gets this business. So let's say that you agree to run it for a year, and then let's say some wayward child uh, inherits right. the business, and you're out, right? right? Or some wayward child, like so. I think you need to know like what's going to happen to this business, or is there nobody that's going to inherit, and it's just going to die in the vine? So. And the reason I think that's important is because there's a big difference between running the place and having some equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing you could, if you know that there's no heir apparent, you could agree to run it uh, as long as you got equity or he handed it over to you at the end. Now, I know you want to retire in three years. So here's the thing. This could be a big, fat, nice retirement paycheck for you if you had some equity and you decide to sell it down the line. If it's you just running it until he dies, or until you want to retire, that's going to be a big lift. But I think you could negotiate a salary um, around this that's going to make it more palatable to you. Um, The other thing I want you to think about is, you know, maybe he should consider just selling the business. If he's that sick and that frailing, maybe what you could say to him is, listen, uh, listen, we'll call it his boss, Jeff. Listen, Jeff, uh, I, I, I'm retiring in three years. Uh, I would love to help you out. Uh, you have been so good to me, but I think we should think about what's going to happen to the business, uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, your health is failing. Uh, I'm about to retire. Maybe I could run this business with you for a year while we figure out how to sell it or pass it on. Cause we also need to know whether the owner needs the income. If the owner needs the income, then he's not going to sell it while he's alive. Mm-hmm. So I think you need a little bit more information um, and your calculation about whether to do this or not needs to consider both what's going to happen to you if he he sells it or dies before you retire. So I don't think you have quite yet enough information to completely turn it down. Well, I think your advice, again, is spot on with this. I, I was thinking of that, this too, your point right up front, um, I agree. You owe him the truth. You owe him mm-hmm. the truth. So that's right there. I also agree you don't have complete information. So I think when you tell him the truth about, look, I had intended, I had intended to move on in three years until this, of course, came 
between us in terms of what's happening with you. What is going to happen with your business mm -hmm. if, in fact, I do yeah. take over your business? So, in fact, that's your point. So, and then you, I, again, the offers should be coincidental to your both your gains. Saying, look, I need to know once you establish what is the relationship between if there are family members or if they're not, is this a legacy? If this wants to be sold and all of that, then I think you should tell him, here's what I want to do because I think this the legacy is what you have built. And so I want to make sure that if you wish to carry that on beyond my time here, what we need to do is to nurture the next generation after us. Yeah. Or a sale. Or a sale. Or a sale. And so in that sense, who else in the in the lumberyard do you think is capable? I am willing to be the mentor and to run this for a year or so and then mentor them into the position where they eventually can take over. And as again, as Mary indicated, I thought was great. If I have a, a stake in this, I have a keen interest in making sure this person succeeds. So if that's the way we go, then I'm all in. If you want to sell it, then I'm all in with that as well. But uh, again, uh, I, I think that the idea behind all of this is that he has to know where you are as well in your own life. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I think the worst case scenario uh, for lumbering is to say yes to this and then have like six months from now, have the guy die, have the wife take over. Yeah. There's no agreement or the business just like fails, you know, or she just closes it down. Like he he absolutely needs to find out like what, what are the guy's plans? You know, because some people, you know, I've known many people who were, you know, at the end of their life in total denial. So we want to make yes. sure this guy isn't in total denial that he's going to live for 20 more years and he's just going to be, you know, sitting back. So I think he needs more information and to I agree. I also think though the giving him a purpose to say, okay, who do who can we do this, you know, if yeah. he can work with somebody, you know, so people yeah. want to feel needed and if he could create the situation where this uh we'll call him Jeff as you said, uh has a feels need, I think they carry on. Do you, yeah. you know saying so i know this is a tough situation but i think ultimately i think you will work through it because there's a a strong bond between you well you know it's so what i love about this question is how much that lumbering really appreciates about this guy i think yes. he said twice in question i love this guy he's right. the only guy i've ever worked for right like i love that so i would absolutely not just say to him no i don't want to run the business no more conversation Thanks, yeah. I, I really think that if you love this guy as chris said you owe him the truth but you know if you love this guy you don't owe him but what you could do is be that support person like chris said uh, and really help this guy figure out how to wrap things up or move this along into another hands or find some other um, way where you can still retire in three years and you're leaving him in the best position possible. Exactly. You are honoring him. Yeah. I love it. I that love was it. nice. Loyalty That's... like that does not come often. No, you know, it the, does not. That also got me thinking about what will I do when I'm ready to retire? And I was just going to give my business to my employees. Literally, you guys, it's on tape here. Um, Chris, <laughs> y'all can't see Chris. He's just shaking his head. No. no. Yeah, no, what do I need it for? I don't have kids. Like, I'm just going to give it to them. But what if they don't want it? <laughs> oh, why would you not want it? And this, and by the way, uh, listeners, she's supposed to be giving great advice. And here she is saying, okay, I've built a business. How long, How many years is this now, Mary? 15, 20? How many years? 16. 16. Okay. She's built a business. Listeners. She's built, tell us, right? I said, uh, she's built a business over 16 years, which she'll be running for another few years. And she has thousands, hundreds or thousands of customers who love her, by the way, who come back year after year. And she is saying, gosh, 
what do I do? I should just give that away. Would you give her the advice to say, yeah, yeah, it's not worth anything. Just give it away. Yeah, but who's it worth? Like, what if I have enough money to retire? I don't need any more money. Like, I don't need to, like, I, I don't have children. Like, and my nieces and nephews, damn them. They can, like, they need can pull themselves up by the bootstrap. Like, they're already going to get something. But, like, why be greedy? Just pass the money on. I, I think- can't use it when I'm dead. You can't use it, but we're not talking greedy here. We're talking value. It's like, okay, I, you know, why, I, I've worn this really nice coat once. I'll just give it away because it's been nice. And no, you don't do that. You don't I do, do that. that all the time. Well, well, I, I know your employees hate me at this moment, but the reality is. Well, the truth is when I'm done with something, I'm done with it, right? Like if I'm done with you, I'm done with you. When I'm done with the business, I'm done. What did you do with away. the bar? Uh, Mary, Mary Abigail. I Abigail pretty much gave my shares to my sister and my brother-in-law. Oh, there's your habit. I guess your yeah. habit is just giving it away. I mean, I well, sold them at a very, very like tiny, tiny price point. Oh, you sold it? Yeah, but not for very much. Oh, well, I think you should sell this as well for a slightly... Look, just a reverse equity thing. What, what you do is it's like a reverse mortgage. You don't sell the business. You you basically, you give it over to them and you have they have to pay you in increments. Uh, incremental amounts over a period of time. Yeah, okay, a dollar. I'll sell it to him for a dollar. All right, listen. Oh, well. <laughs> we will cross that bridge yeah, when we exactly. get to it. I think time. we have one more question. Yes, we do. Ready for this? I am. Hi, all. I work for a third-generation local Mexican restaurant chain. I am one of three siblings in the family business. My two sisters and I each manage a location. My father is making noises about succession. I think because of that show. He recently came to me, his only son, with his plan to promote me and then have my cousin run the restaurant. Two problems. First, my sister runs a much better operation. It's larger. It brings in more business and she loves it. Secondly, I don't want to run the business. I want to be the chef, not a GM. My father is old school and thinks it should pass on to the son, not the daughter, and I should do as I'm told to respect my father. How do I get past his biases and make myself, my sister, my cousin, and my father happy? Signed, Padre Conestes Mayor in Albuquerque. That means father knows best in Albuquerque. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, you know, the perils and the problems of family businesses. Yes, this is, right? So interesting. And did you know, I think you did, but for our listeners, that most family businesses don't survive the third generation. Yes. So this is only the second generation. So you really need to make this survive. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, before we get going on this, I have not not seen the final episode of Succession. So please, no spoilers here. I've worked hard to stay in the dark. Got it, Chris DeSantis? I haven't watched Succession because I don't have okay. HBO. Well, whatever information you know about it, like, I don't want to bother. So this the is butler a- did it. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a hugely important decision that your father is making and is clouded by gender bias. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've got to really make sure that mm-hmm. your goal here is to keep this business running for the next generation. And I fear, the other thing I fear about this also uh, is that if you turn him down flat, like I'm afraid like he might move to your cousin instead of your sister. So I think you need to keep this in the siblings as best as you can. Mm-hmm. So I consider making a counter 
offer to your dad around having your sister take over. But before you do this, I want you to bring your sisters into the conversation, like how the conversation make a plan with your sisters, especially the one that you say is so good. Does she even want the job? So you want to be really clear with her. Uh, does she want the job? I think you'd be really honest with her. She knows your dad. Like she's her, like, Dad's like leaning towards me. I don't want it. I think you should get it. Let's make a plan to get you that job. Okay. Um, bring facts and figures and data into the conversation. So I kind of want you to like really pull some numbers about how successful your sister is, uh, pull some numbers about the facts and the figures and the data, uh, sit with your sister, help her craft like her vision for the future for this chain and how to execute it. And then I think together as all the siblings, you pitch, you pitch this to your dad. And by the way, you should also tell your dad that what you want to be is like chief chef, like the head of the cooking, the Mm. food quality and all that. Say, you know, as we expand, like this role is going to be really important. This is what I want to do. I think um, uh, my sister, we'll call her Stephanie. She's much better operations. Here are her numbers compared to my numbers. Uh, If we want to move this to the next generation, we're going to need a stronger operational person. That's her. I will be the one that will take over the quality of the food. So pitch it. And then, uh, and you want, you could even try pitching this as like a one year trial for your sister to be the CEO so that she can kind of work alongside of your dad. And once he sees how successful she is, then maybe his gender blinders will go away. Uh, but I think one of the most important things you do with this strategy is that you and your siblings must make and maintain a united front. Uh, so really go in there as a strong group with your plan pitch it, stand behind it. And I think your dad would be a fool not to see the passion behind the siblings pulling together and wanting to keep his his creation running into the next generation. I think that's great advice. Um, I, I like this. Uh, I was going to say something not unlike that, but now that I think about it, I think the way I would uh, do, do it slightly different. To your point, meet with the, the sisters and the cousin. That's your team. Oh, I wouldn't talk to the cousin until I met with the sisters. Oh, I would meet the sisters I would leave first. the cousins out, as a matter of fact. Well, we, we'll, we might need the cousin, according to that. Okay. We, we might need the cousin. We might need the cousin. So, and if you cousins like your cousin. problems. So keep going, keep going. But I would say, okay, to your point, let's do with a core group, the three, you, the three siblings. The three siblings meet and say, here's what dad wants. Now, I would have the, the sister who runs the best operation, I would have her create, according to what Mary said, a, the most thorough business plan of projected growth over the next five years if she's in charge. What would the, and I would have make her do all the numbers, all the plan, how she sees the world and all of that. And then you, you, the son, I would create, as Mary said, I love this, what she said, the, the chief chef, where does this fit into the organization and how can you leverage that in the next five years as well? What are the projections for that? Then what I would do is a bait and switch. I would present that plan to your father and say, here's my plan for how we operate in the, in the firm in the future. He's going to love this operation. He's going to say, yeah, this is what I want. And then you tell him, well, dad, that's not my plan. That was your daughter's plan. Oh, I like that. And so now dad sits with the family and he's got to say, he's got to say in front of all the family, that the sister whose plan is better by virtue of what he said and done isn't the plan he wants to do. Because you will then take responsibility and, a th- and um, uh, uh, credit for the chef plan. That's my plan. That's my plan. <laughs> 
I like that. I like mine better, but I do like it. It's definitely an option. The bait and switch is a is kind of a nice idea because if he thinks the idea is so great, if it came from his son, yes. uh, he would have to like them backtrack on his stuff. To he'd have to like self confront his gender bias. Exactly. So you see. either way, Padre has some options. But again, yeah. I have to reiterate, Padre, I want you and your sisters to maintain a united front. Yes. Nothing like I know too many family restaurants where when this happens, when it goes to second generation, it explodes the family and your siblings uh, are really important. And so I really want to make sure you preserve that relationship. Well, also the, the better, we, the best performer, we risk the most yeah. losing. Yeah. Which, which is, we can't have yeah. that. And when you lose the best performer, you're going to also lose your business. So, yeah. oh my God, that seems so complicated, yet we made it so simple. We did. We, we did. Really uh, by did. the way, if it works out, you invite, I love Mexican so food. So you you invite us, please. Well, now it's made me a little bit hungry. So Right. Hungry. <laughs> I'm thinking about a chimichanga right now or a tostada or some fajitas. What's your go-to Mexican uh, restaurant food? Oh, well, you know, I'm a big fan of moles. If oh. I can get a good mole, but it's, not a, it's hard to get a good mole because it takes yeah. time to make it. I'm a fajita girl, a fajita and a margarita oh, girl. Oh, I do like fajitas. Yeah, I, I, I like find fajitas. them, I always think they're going to be so healthy, but then I stuff my face full of them. It's, and yeah, it's, yeah I, I like guac if it's homemade. Oh, I do like homemade guac. Um, yeah. All right, well, you know what? I think it's time for us to make yeah. our way out, to guac out of walk. this episode. <laughs> Get it? We're going to walk, walk out. Yeah. <laughs> Enough squawking because we're talking about guacking and well, so we're walking. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us today. Thanks to our amazing, overworked, underpaid, and probably very hungry executive producer, Mr. Jack Edinger. Uh, if you have a workplace question or cubicle dilemma or an extra taco, give us a shout. Uh, no question is too easy. No question is too hard. Lots of ways to reach us. You could email us us to info at cubicleconfidential.com, tweet us at cubicleconfide1, or connect with us on LinkedIn. Chris DeSantis or Mary Abijay or Cubicle Confidential people, we're easy to find. Uh, and if you, uh, oh yeah, and until next week, what we want you to do is work hard, be kind, go get a taco, and if you can't, call us. All right, see you next week. <laughs>